Brother Chuck's getting that one up every week. And I guess that's where people are starting to call in. And, uh, just, But anyhow, I sure do appreciate it. God's good, amen? And I want to be careful to preach the Word of God. But tonight, I would like to challenge somebody that's listening, if you would please, in Hebrews chapter 13. So turn there with me. I'll read the first 17 verses. Hebrews chapter 13. And then while you're finding that, find Ezekiel 34. Ezekiel 34, and I'll begin to read there in a minute in verse 1. But first of all, Hebrews 13, verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and them which suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whole mongers and adulterers God will judge. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Be content with such things you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, consider the end of their conversation. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Be not cared about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats, which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. We have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serves the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts, whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin, are burned without the camp. Wherefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth therefore unto the hymn without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here have we no continuing city, but we seek one to come. By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But to do good and communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Obey them and have the rule over you, and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls, as they that must give an account, that they may do it with joy, not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Pray with me, please. Father, we pray in the next few minutes that the Holy Spirit will challenge us from thy word to be watchmen of men's souls if you have commanded us to do so. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. The verse the verse 17 of Hebrews 13, the part there that says, They watch for your souls. I believe without a doubt the Bible teaches that every Christian's responsibility is to be a watcher of souls or a watcher for souls. First of all, notice two words in verse 17. They watch. Now, if you take those two words and you go through the Bible and you get your concordance, you'll study them, they watch, you'll find it has the same meaning as the word shepherds. 
David said in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd. In other words, the Lord is the washer of my soul. Jesus said of himself, I am the good shepherd. So we see right off God has a shepherd's heart and that of watching for sheep's souls. The shepherd is one who binds up the wounds. He heals the sick. He he seeks after the lost. He feeds the flock. Now let's turn over to Ezekiel a minute and I'll show you the rest of it. Ezekiel 34. Let's begin reading verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say unto them, Thus saith the Lord God unto the shepherds, Woe be the shepherds of Israel, they do feed themselves. Should not the shepherds feed the flocks? Ye eat the fat, and ye clothe you with the wool. Ye kill them that are fed, but ye feed not the flocks. stuck together I'm sorry the disease have you not strengthened neither have you healed that which was sick neither have you bound up that which was broken neither have you brought again that which was driven away neither have you sought that which was lost but with force and with cruelty have you ruled them and they were scattered because there is no shepherd and they became meat to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth and none did search or seek after them. Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, saith the Lord God, surely, because my flock became a prey and my flock became meat to every beast of the field because there was no shepherd, neither did my shepherd search for my flock. But the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. Therefore you shepherds hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I require my flock at their hand, and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves any more, for I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. Now I want you to watch this. These verses... And I can show you other verses just like them throughout the Bible. The Lord will not let the shepherds that neglect his responsibility go unpunished. Now, again, when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Why? Because he saw them as having no shepherd. In other words, no one to look after them, to watch after their souls. When you think of shepherds, you think of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will be the whole family of God. The family of God will be the whole flock of scattered sheep, all brought together under the one shepherd, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now the most, uh, the next great truth that stands out is the kingdom is not established yet. The children of God are not yet home. The sheep is still scattered. That brings us to our responsibility. What is to to watch for souls? Going back to Ezekiel 34 now, we are to feed God's flock, number one. Number two, we are to strengthen the sheep. Number three, we are to heal the sick soul. We are to bind up the brokenhearted. 
We're to restore them back to the fold. We're to seek the lost. You know what a lot of people get the idea? That people come to church to get saved. Do you know that's right backwards to what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that we are to go out in the hedges and highways and bring, literally bring them in. Bring them to God. Not God, not God's people go to them outside the church, but you go get them and bring them in. We got the idea, well, we'll come to church, we'll sit down, <coughs> we'll give God our, our 30 minutes or an hour of service of sitting and preaching in, in church, and we go home and we've done our duty. But the Bible says that our duty is to come and know the Word of God ourselves, get saved ourselves, and become shepherds of God's sheep and go out after them. Now, if it's one thing as a little boy I learned, I don't like briar bushes. I, I, I played when I was a little boy out in the woods a lot. But those things will tear you up. Amen? And if you ever watch sheep, they'll get out in those briar bushes and they can't get out themselves. They have to have somebody to get them out. And if you think about these sheep and a shepherd, that's what a shepherd is for. Watching for souls is to fight off the wolf. That's Satan. It's to suffer and sacrifice for the sheep, go out into the briar patch and get them. It is to be patient and lead them back. It It may mean some sleepless nights and some sleepless hours and toil. But the Bible says that's what we're to do. If a person is to be a watchman's soul, first of all, the first things he needs is a clean vision of the end. It is not only God's mercy, but also God's judgment. Every person will spend eternity either in God's fold or under God's judgment, which is hell. And knowing this will cause us to be good watchmen. You know what keeps me going... Uh, to, if I go to the hospitals or I preach funerals or I preach weddings or, or anywhere I can go to serve the Lord and, and bring in the message you know what keeps me going I want everybody to go to heaven with me I don't want nobody to go to hell I don't want no sheep of God being under God's wrath now you know what's so hard is uh, most churches that I've been associated with and, and, and I hear a lot about that somebody will get a Stray, they'll quit going to church. Something happened in their life, and nobody cares. They just go right on to church. They get in the same place. Nobody looks after them. It, did you know that the Bible said we're to go after the wounded? We're to go after them. If somebody's out of church, somebody ought to go get them. Amen. Somebody ought to call them. Somebody ought to talk to them. Somebody ought to lift them up. They're hurt. And you know what? Just a kind word some kind can heal a soul. And and somebody can hurt somebody's feeling just so easy. I told a story years ago about a man who used to come to our church where I used to go and brought his family. I led him to the Lord. He sat there for years, uh, two or three years. And one Sunday a man came in and got his place before he got there. And so he said well, he'd come early that night. So he come back early and the man that come early and got his seat again and so he got looking around for him to his seat and he was gone and so I went to his house and visited him I said what's the problem is something wrong yeah people knew that was my seat and they come to church and got my seat and he wouldn't come back to church 
But you know what, folks? I'm so glad I went to see him. I'm so glad I prayed with him. I did everything I could do to get him back. Because if I hadn't, I'd be hurt to this day because of it. And I believe sometimes, uh, I don't care what the reason, you know, the old devil will use anything uh, to discourage a Christian, or, or discourage people to come to the Lord anyhow. And uh, But we're to go after him. Amen. Now, I want you to watch if, if a person is to be a watchman's soul, our responsibility is to use the resources available to us from God. We must be a student of God's Word then. You know, you got to read the Word of God. you got to study the Word of God. I used to carry a little testament in my pocket all the time when I went to hospitals and things to visit or anywhere. And I, so I said one day, I said, you know, I might forget my New Testament, and I did several times. So I started memorizing God's Word. And I, I know enough memorize, uh, uh, word of the Word of God memorized that I can take the Word of God in my head and give it verbatim, and I don't ever want to quote a verse. It's not correct. I want it right. So I studied over and over and over again till I got those verses memorized in my head that I can go somewhere and take the Word of God and lead people to Christ, no matter what's going on. And the Bible makes it very clean, pretty clear that if you're going to be a watchman of men's souls, you better know what you're talking about. And so you got to study the Word of God. Shepherding is our business, and we must have the right tools to work with. Minding your business is to present men to Christ Jesus and present Christ to men. At home, fathers, mothers, children, in business, at work, every person we come in contact with, we're to present Christ to them. If watching the souls is our business, then we must be prepared. We must have the shepherd's nature. You know what that means? i got to have the nature of Christ in i got to have the compassion of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't think Jesus ever looked on a human being that He didn't love their souls. He loved everybody He'd come in contact with. And you know, a lot of people, humanly, a lot of people are hard to like. They're hard to get along with. But you know, you can look over anybody's problem, anybody's faults, if you're concerned about their soul. You can go beyond that and have compassion on them. You know why? They don't know the difference. They don't know the Bible. They don't know the same God we know. They don't know what it is to love people. But we do, and we can go beyond that. What we sometimes think is God knows these people's condition, and therefore He will have sympathy upon them even in their sin. But God says He never changes. Did you know that God still hates sin? Any kind of sin. The Bible says God hates it. If we keep in mind one verse, 1 Peter 2.25, For you were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop are your souls. You know what I think about when I think about this? One time I was in that condition. One time I didn't know the Lord. One time I didn't care. One time I was caught in the briar patch. One time Satan had me in his grip. But thank God somebody came after me. Amen. And brought me to the Lord. He's a bishop of our souls. This would cause each of us to be better shepherds 
if we understood that we were watchmen over men's soul. We need to see the responsibility of life. Now, no one can ever be a success in life without a goal in life. I'll never forget the first time that I set a goal in winning people to the Lord. Dr. John R. Rice and Mrs. Rice came and Dr. Rice preached to us in a great revival years ago. And in that service, he said, how many preachers are here? And several preachers in the meeting, they stood up. How many preachers can say you've won 10 people to the Lord this year? And a few did. How many have won 100? How many have won? And he went on and named it. None had won 100. And a few had won 10 people to the Lord all year long. And he said, Mrs. Rice stand, 80-something years old. You know how many people she'd won that year? 125 people to the Lord. Think about that for just a minute. There where she go. You know, I, 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 I was trying to think of the coach's name, Coach Royer. Uh, he was at our church years ago, ministered with us there, and uh, he was a Texas coach. But he got saved, started serving the Lord. And he got, he was a great soul winner. And if he went into a restaurant and sat down and waited to come over, are you born again? That's the first thing coming out of his mouth. Are you born again? Are you saved? You know you're going to heaven? Everywhere he, he was known, all around, are you born again? That's what he was known at. Now you think about this, that's our responsibility. Not only that, but that's our goal in life. I said that when Mrs. Rice stood and they said she'd won 125 people there, Lord, I took my old Bible and I struck 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, up to 125. And I said, I'm going to do my best to win 125 souls to the Lord. I never got to 125, but I got a bunch of them. You know why? I said, a goal. Some people like the little boy sitting on the back porch and he had his BB gun and he's shooting at the moon and his daddy's come out and said, son, what are you doing? He said, I'm shooting at the moon. Oh, he said, son, you'll never hit the moon. Don't you know that? He said, yes, but I'm getting closer to it than you are. <laughs> Amen. And when you think about that, that's what setting the goals for. And I have never met a successful person in life period that didn't have some kind of goal in their life. They had something that they want to attain to. And you know what the Bible says that God called us to do? Here's what the Bible says Paul's goal was. The prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know what the prize is? It's a soul. Did you know we can have rewards in the judgment seat of Christ? That's our prize. And I look forward to one day. I, I really do. I get so excited sometimes of thinking all the people that I'm going to see one day at the judgment seat of Christ that I've got to lead to Christ. You think about that. Listen to me just a minute. In Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but at all them also that love his appearing. Man, I look forward to that day. Amen. I want to be that person that has somebody that he's led to Christ 
when we get there. And I want to be a shepherd to people. I want people to know I love them. I don't care what color or creed or whatever you are. I love you in the Lord. Amen? And and you know you can love anybody in the Lord if you practice at it and pray about it and ask God to give you the heart of the Lord that you're concerned about people. I love I love instances like last night I had in the hospital, but that only comes once in a lifetime. It ain't that easy. When it's old, it's just not that easy. But every once in a while, God will just give you a ripe apple. You know, somebody's already uh, witnessed to them and watered and so on, and they're just waiting for somebody to come along and tell them the truth and lead them to Christ. And that man was just like a ripe apple. He was ready to receive the gospel. And what a joy. What a disappointment to him it would have been if you were the pastor to come and see me. Yes, sir. Uh, did you see the ball game? You know how many they scored in that Braves game? Man, that was a great game. You ought to have been there, sir. I had a ticket. I went. I had the greatest time I ever had in my life. Let me pray with you. i got to go. What a disappointment it had been to him. You know why? He was looking for somebody to come and tell him about the Lord. And I think about that every time. How do you know who's waiting? How do you know who's got God's got ready? So you got to be prepared. You got to have a goal in life. Why am I going? Why am I going to talk to this person? What's your goal? Is it to find out all their troubles in their life? Sometimes I go to the hospital, and I used to quite a lot. Uh, ladies having babies and having operations and, and things, you know. And I go in and pray with them. You want to see what happened? No. No, that's fine. I'm doing good here. Amen. And I'm not there to see about your wound. I'd like to pray with you and ask God to bless you, but I'm here to witness to you the Lord. Amen. And and it's strange how the devil gets you off on something else. He'll do everything in the world to get you off a message. You can't do that. i got a goal. I'm going here for one purpose. I want to see people saved and shepherd them. Did you know that when you lead somebody to saving faith of Christ, your job is not done? The Bible says we're to shepherd them afterwards. That is, take care of them. Nurture them up. I wish somebody would get a hold of that. I, I don't know why God chose me. I really don't. Because of my language and the way I talk and my mannerism and and just a lot of things. You didn't know me before I got saved. I just an old country boy. Still am. And I don't want to change that. But every once in a while I say to myself, I don't know why God chose me. But He did. And He chose me to witness to people and to preach His Word. And if you'll think about it, God chose you. And I believe this. Everybody every once in a while, several people every once in a while, uh, a nurse asked me last night, how old are you? We sat in there, that man's 75 years old I went to see. And uh, I said, well, I'm 85. Well, boy, you don't look it. You sure act like you're healthy. Now, I believe this. God's kept me healthy as long as I'll serve Him. And as long as I'll do what He's asked me to do. 
And when he's through, he'll call me home. So I want to keep busy. Amen? I mean it. I just believe that's the way it works. Stand with me, please. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll bless your people tonight. It's such a pleasure to watch over men's souls. That's not a job but a chore. That's a great pleasure to see a life changed. Father, I pray that you'll cause somebody to get excited about this matter. Everybody around us is a prospect for heaven. Bless us, we pray tonight now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for being here tonight.